Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, welcome to the Out of Spec podcast. It's Christmas here in the majestic halls of Out of Spec Studios, and I am joined tonight by Kyle Connor, Ben Green, and Mike Breeling. And uh, we're going to talk about tow charging, Ford's vehicle-to-vehicle charging, some overlanding adventures we've been having, plus the new BMW M240i and the plug-in hybrid X5 we've been living with, and who knows what else. So let's jump right in. Um, Kyle, and I just went off-roading with Timon in his GX, which is awesome. We have a new video on a new channel out of Spec Overlanding. And uh, you can see what all we got into there, um, including some things that went wrong. Not with us, <laughs> but uh, there, there was a case of a taco sandwich. Is that a thing? <laughs> taco Tacoma hitting a Tacoma. Um, it was pretty bad. Here, I have uh, the visuals here if you're watching on YouTube. It's, uh, yeah, brand new Tacoma, three months old. And... Um, Yep, it's just <laughs> smashed a little bit. But um, yeah, so that's the case. Well, let's of, talk about that because it's more than just smashed. The guy was smashed too. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I didn't get a picture of the, the door, but he... So basically, he put his truck in park, allegedly, um, which we speculate. It was on a hill, a steep hill, and he may have been moved like three, four, five miles an hour when he actually put it in the park. So who knows if it actually engaged. He did say he heard like crazy grinding and then the truck just started moving. He was outside of his truck. So his truck started moving forwards down the hill towards the truck in front of it, which that's another issue is he only left half a truck length between them, which is bad on a trail downhill with snow and ice involved. Um, and he also didn't engage the parking brake. And then he also tried to run to save his truck. And if a truck is, if a Tacoma is running downhill, you don't run towards it. <laughs> You're not going to stop it. <laughs> yeah, but this was a really unfortunate situation. Yeah, so he tried to essentially get into the truck to stop it, but at that point, the truck had already kind of also leaned to the left, and he was effectively kind of crushed. Not crushed. He's okay, but there's a tree. Between, we did, you got to mention there's a tree. <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> the, the truck hit a tree. Dented his door really bad. He was on the other side of that dent trying to get into his truck. It was just, uh, yeah. yeah so heard. basically, truck's moving. He's got the door open. As the thing's moving forward, it's coming up on a tree. He gets slammed between the, the door and the cab as he, the, the truck hits the door against the tree. Uh, and then thankfully, at the same time, it slams into the Tacoma in front because if it didn't, he would have gotten hurt way worse and he was pretty beat up like when we heard the crash and then like kind of looked over that way like he was like laid out on the ground like this dude got freaking squished mm -hmm. yeah, yeah breathed for sure so can you go that back was... to that picture that first yeah. one that you pulled up real quick yeah let me pull this up here for those of us who are watching i just want to bring a quick pause to the attention of the well over to the left the left hand oh, yeah. side of your screen that guy's sweatshirt pretty awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> it does suck for the Tacomas involved. Luckily, they're pretty they're pretty resilient cars. Well, it's a good thing you use a car length away and not like eight car lengths away. It would have had some serious speed by then. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the other Tacoma barely had a dent. We show the entire uh, damage, everything like that, in the video on YouTube. Uh, and so that's all there. Mm. Uh, you can see the other truck stuff. It's on out-of-spec overlanding, and it's the video title is uh, to do with buying a Lexus GX and uh, taking it to the trails. Yeah, but we had a great variety, a lot of Jeeps, GX. Of course. Well, we were the only GX. A lot of Tacomas, even a first-gen, uh, what's the bigger... Tundra. Yeah, Tundra. Yep. Yeah. On newer wheels. It looked really good, actually. It really did. Um, but yeah, fun time, very cold, lots of snow <laughs> and cold. ice. And still, the Lexus just paved through. So I was going to say, worth. so the Lexus handled it all with a plum, right? This was. Well, it broke. Uh, well, this <laughs> so... is after the lift, right? After time and self installed the lift on it. Well, so the no issues with the lift. I don't think any of that. I think that time <laughs> yeah. installed it well. Um, but we lost power steering and there's no fluid left in there. Truck sitting out oh. in front of my house now. And um, afterwards, I think he may have bent a lower control arm or something because he was driving down the highway like this going straight. So, oh. yeah. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure the clip that uh, that happened in was when he slammed into a rock at like 6,000 RPM. Like, and uh, that, that's all in the video. You can see all the crazy, <laughs> uh, crazy stuff. But I got to tell you, that vehicle is... Built solid, 215,000 miles, not a squeak, not a rattle, revs out so smooth. You guys have one too. You know it really well. I mean, love it. Just, uh, I'm yep. coming around to the GX thing. It's I was just going to say, ours with just 72,000 miles on it is the same way. So it's just good to know that when uh, that car eventually hits over 200,000 miles, which might be many, many, many years from now, <laughs> it should be exactly the same as it is now. <laughs> We actually yeah. want to get it back so we can go back to uh, URI with it. Uh, you're just getting the lift kit installed on it as we speak. Just a little oh. two inch in the front because I already messed with the airbags in order to get height. So we're going to level it off now. Well, that'll be interesting to talk. We need to get these two GXs together mm -hmm. um, because yes. their Timon's car is a full airbag replacement and adaptive damper replacement situation. Um, no warning codes by doing that, by the way. He pulled three fuses and the car doesn't even pull up anything. It's pretty cool. <laughs> the car doesn't know. It's, yeah. It's Does it, even, it doesn't even blink the little off light next to the height adjust? Huh. It's just Impressive. totally as normal. That's Nothing great. Wrong here. It, was, it was rough riding, sort of. I mean, we, yep. we're, we had nice leather seating and, you know, great. It was great to be inside the nice warm Lexus on the freezing <laughs> cold trail. Um, I think we were a bit more comfortable than some others on the trail, but uh, yeah, it was impressive. So I was, yeah, I was gonna say, Ben and Mike, when are you gonna bring it out here? Because uh, we got some great trails we're exploring. <laughs> I think uh, sometime in the new year we'll definitely try and do that. I don't know if I, I, I'm tempted to try and do it with snow because I just want to drive in the snow for no other it's reason cold. than that. But yeah, it might be better to go during nice weather so that we actually enjoy doing what we're gonna do with it rather than just. Be miserable, but do donuts. You know, both are okay. I think. And Kyle, Probably you can bring less. the Sprinter. Uh, Sprinter is not good off road. <laughs> <laughs> it not looks the trails, part, yeah. but not really acts the part. It's uh, honestly really bad off road, actually. <laughs> yeah, I saw you. I remember your your little sand adventure. <laughs> oh yeah, not good. Let's not go there. Sprinter versus Miata. <laughs> What's going to be worse? Um, well, uh, I but, see lifted Miatas do like the Gambler 500 all the time, and they oh, seem pretty yeah. good. Or Hoopty yeah. Cross. So, okay. I don't know. My money's on the Miata. Yeah, so uh, I kept thinking the entire time when we were out on the trail, because, you know, we're really going to get more into off-roading this year coming up. I mean, look, I'm not the best off-road driver. My style is wide open throttle and momentum, but I want to learn more. I want to get into winching and, you know, learn the proper way to mm -hmm. hook things up with snatch blocks and using a double pull yeah. to get twice the torque and sharing, a, you know, sort of our journey along with the audience. I also want to hire someone who is really, really good at off-roading to sort of you know, be the anchor presenter for overlanding. Um, but I kept thinking the entire time, how cool would it be to have a Rivian out here? Like something. I know. Yeah. I thought it's just the same like, thing. Yep. 
that's going to be the right size. It's going to be cool. We could have pulled out the camp kitchen and cooked for everyone out there because we did. I got to tell you this. When I go off-roading, when it's just like a friends and I, we're like, we're out, we're driving, we're hitting the trails, and we're done. This was a lot of standing around talking to people. So yeah, you need something <laughs> to entertain. <laughs> yeah. I, I I could. Like, oh, this, this trail's six miles. That'll take us two hours. Great. No problem. And it was like yeah, all day. We're like, it's getting yeah. dark out. <laughs> yeah i wish i had that camp kitchen for that just uh over there cooking whipping up some uh scrambled eggs i don't know what else but that popcorn popcorn, popcorn. fresh coffee Rivian but, popcorn. yeah but the coffee supplies in that camp kitchen are really impressive so that's yeah i would love to do a coffee <laughs> tutorial out of the side of a rivian just explaining all the different brewing methods and everything so, i am very much into the rivian lifestyle uh, oh yeah, me too totally love it yeah um but also so successful sort of off-roading other than poor power steering and maybe a lower control arm yeah but can we also mention timon's driving how awesome he did he nailed it yeah and uh it was was incredible to see how timid some of these people were um even the ones with trucks that looked already beat up um and timon just sent it but in a really good way he just it wasn't like (laughs) blind Although we couldn't really see some places because you just can't see over the front of the car. But uh, <laughs> the car took it and time and <laughs> sent it. And it was, yeah, he's got a good future ahead of him. Yeah, I was impressed with his riding, driving and just sort of picking the right lines and just, you know, hammered down with me screaming at him, keep it pinned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised he hasn't broken a diff. I think the rear diff on those is, is known to be the weak point. And everyone's like, just throw in the electric locker from a forerunner when you break it. So mm-hmm. I'm curious to see the video, see how hard he was going. Well, we should It'll give me a little um, more confidence in ours. <laughs> well, I think the the whole idea here is once once the channel's really up and running, which seems like it's going to happen soon, I actually really want to test products for the GX. Um, another Ooh, thing, so like let's let's get an aftermarket diff in review unit or something like that. Throw it in there, find some tests to to do stuff, and let's build it with some cool partners. Because at the end of the day, this is a far out dream, but it, it's sort of in the back of my head. I'd love to be able to offer more than just videos to our audience. I want to offer stuff, and so especially when it comes to overlanding, which I think is like the new trend for the next ten years in our country. Um, you know, have like the Rivian overlanding package to get you the right winch <laughs> with the right max tracks. And like, you can just buy the thing from us, but we got to, we don't know what to do. We got to test everything. So I'd love yeah. to start testing sort of obsessed garage style, try it, use it, find the best, and then sell that to your friends. Yeah. We realized winch is probably the best first thing to have with someone who's going off-roading. I was going to say, uh, a- traction boards would be my first one because they're like, 50 back. I mean, cheap yeah. ones are 50 bucks. Good ones. Are <laughs> we have good ones. If we they only need to work once, 50 is fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have the $300, you know, max tracks, the the no good ones, the orange yeah. ones, Vibre, and yeah. we snapped one. Un- underneath oh, what? They, They're pretty they hard to bring. They a new one, I think. We were I think working they will, actually. up there, Ben. We were serious off-roading. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm going to have to warranty. I think they have a replacement thing. Yeah. They do, I think. I yep. definitely do. I, I can definitely speak to the winching part at least because I have been uh, a member of a group who was using a winch incorrectly. And so I know what you're not supposed to do now. That's right. I learned a lot from that. <laughs> I put a uh, hole in the tailgate of my friend's brand new TRD Pro oh, uh, yeah. truck with like 800 miles on it. Because oh, was that with winch... the LR4? Yes, this yeah. is a good story, in fact. Uh, so, you know, while at work, um, we just weren't working. And so all of us just went and did stuff. There's an off-road trail nearby. A friend took an LR4, went through some of it. That was quite fun. Then there was this big valley with a river kind of at the base of it. We're like, oh, yeah, that that's definitely too much. And he's like, no, the Land Rover can do it. I'm like, no, that's that's definitely too much. Like everyone agreed that was too much. And he just went into it, of course, and got the whole thing stuck, like just buried axles deep. And uh, when we tried to pull it out with a winch on a track, um, now I know what those blanket type things you put over a rope bar on the heavy bits are so that they don't go flying because those things can poke a hole through steel. Winching <laughs> Real scared good me to no end. And Jordan, you were with us. We found a guy with a first gen Toreg V8, a uh, nice car, lift yes. kit, same one that the Cayenne guys use, same one that we were putting on on Scott's Cayenne. And, um, he was winching up and then his like dog standing next to the winch and people are around. And I'm like, I'm getting the way the hell away from this thing. 
and like the tree's stressed and the winch is stressed because he's like stuck in there. I'm like, this is sketchy. And I'm like trying to get the dog to come over here. And thankfully nothing happened. But um, yeah, that was like everyone who uses a winch has to watch the 1996 Range Rover winching course. And thankfully I had watched <laughs> it the day before. And so yes. I was uh, very aware and scared of the danger because it was fresh in my mind. Kyle was the subject matter expert on hand about winches. Except uh, <laughs> I'd never used one before. <laughs> That's how you know you all really have an expert. Yeah, yeah I, I watched a video the day before, so I know more than anyone else here, unfortunately. That means yeah. the bar was set low. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was the case. So, um, yeah, I knew, like, even, like, you know, you want to let the line come out on the spool so it has more torque on the drum. And so I had a general knowledge of winching after that. But that was great. Land Rover has the best informational off-road videos i wish they, they would get into it again because i think the last 10 years they've they've stopped producing anything fun well Already. i feel like defender wise they've been doing a good bit defender, of stuff yeah i haven't seen much on it interesting well oh, after... nice defender 90 the other day it looked really good on big chunky Ooh. tires and a lift and all the racks and stuff it was really nice black though it was interesting but it looked good in black yeah every time i see one i want one yeah, same. I know. Why do I? Why, there's too many cars that I want. I keep I thinking to myself, there's like nothing interesting out there, but then it's the off roaders I want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much right now. I mean, it's like a, yeah, yeah. The, I think sports cars, the enthusiasm for sports cars is dying as quickly as the enthusiasm for adventure vehicles is growing. Yeah. I don't know about that. I think uh, there's a lot of interest in the entry market of sports cars i think a lot of people are kind of bored of seeing oh another ninety-eight thousand dollar bmw m3 type thing which is a zf8 speed yeah you know it's just, that stuff is interesting too oh, yeah, expensive like, like yeah. veloster n and cars of that yeah. category i think are really interesting brz right brz yeah that's a good one but yeah, I think the breadth of people getting into overlanding is wide, like more than yeah. I expected. Most people I've talked to, even if they don't have an overlander or don't even have plans immediately, it's something they would love to embark on at some point. More so than I think people who are like most people just rule out sports cars because they're like, oh, that'd be fun. But it's like a third or fourth car versus a lot of people I talked to are like, actually, an overlander could be my like daily. And then I could mm -hmm. also take it on trails because it. By definition, they typically have more space. They're bigger vehicles. And then there's me who wants a two-door Wrangler. So you know, I'm breaking all the stereotypes. <laughs> well, I mean, I think some of that, too, is you can bring your family on an overlanding trip, whereas in a sports car, you can't necessarily bring your whole family or a, even a dog on a weekend trip, whereas you can go out in the middle of the woods, just drive out down a trail, set up camp, be off the grid, disconnect, and just spend some quality time uh, with your or you're like me, kind of out the roof, trying to oh, get yeah. every last bit of signal. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I had a bar for a second. Yeah. I got four feet. <laughs> yep, yeah, we I got like, it. I like blowing people's minds like that. I, I took a month long trip in the Miata, had all my stuff, and then without planning on it, took Kyle and his stuff back to Colorado with me. And we still fit and didn't have to keep anything in the cabin with us. Everything was in my two trunks. And we drove through many snowstorms. Yep. Three snowstorms <laughs> on summer tires yep. overnight. It was, yeah, legendary. Yeah, um, that was one of the worst, best trips we've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to yeah. say legendary is one word for it, but it wouldn't be mine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after our off-roading adventures, we headed back up north to go film and ended up filming something we didn't expect. Our friend Drew was with us. He was in his Model 3, and he was heading to back down to go charge. He arrived at the trailhead with very low state of charge, I think. I don't remember what it was, but... Yeah, I think he, he got up So Yeah, he basically drove up from Denver and, you know, I guess was like, oh, I'll charge on the way back into town. And so he got up to the mountains with 15% state of charge or so. And I was like, okay, well, that's fine. We'll just run into Estes Park to charge or whatever afterwards. And then we drove a little bit extra because Drew thought there was a level two station that we couldn't find at the time. So we burned probably 5% there. So the car sat with 10%. Then as he was driving to go back to Denver, the road was closed. And he was like, there's no way I can make it up and <laughs> the detour. And so, so he drove back uphill and then ended up finding a charge point. Kind of the, the original of the one we were looking for. Yeah. Found so it. Found that. And he was at literally 0% state of charge. And the charge point was bricked. 
So Ooh, somehow he found, oh, he got, he had no cell service, but he found this little like gift shop thing that had Wi-Fi. And then he was able to Wi-Fi call Kyle just as we got into cell service saying, <laughs> I am stuck. He was plugged into a 110, so he could have charged in like three days. But, uh, it's not a life or death situation, yeah. but he could have stayed there enough to get to Estes Park overnight, probably. But yeah, so we, me and Kyle had the X5, and it was like, Drew had tow straps. So I was like, oh, we'll just tow charge him. So it was a fun experiment, and we were genuinely curious as to what would happen. Like, how, how far would we have to tow him to generate what sort of range with the regenerative braking? So we had Drew put it 100% regen in uh, what track mode, yep, and then track mode. we towed. Uh, I sat in the Model Three with Drew. It was like 30 degrees inside the car because we couldn't really run the heater or anything. <laughs> and um, like even as Kyle walked away, the window almost stopped rolling up. Like it was both cold <laughs> and dead. Um, and then Kyle in EV mode in this plug-in hybrid X5 started towing us. And, and I was really, matted in EV mode for like 10 minutes. I don't know, for a long time. Because <laughs> the X5 is what, like 6,000 pounds, 5,000 something, yeah. and has 130 horse or 113 horsepower in EV yeah. mode, pulling a Model 3 that is using maximum regen. So it's like, that's but, a lot this of... This is the thing. It's the motors mounted on the X5, the electric motor, between the combustion engine and the transmission. So it takes advantage of the gearing. So it was running like yeah. first, second gear, and we were getting all the multiplication of torque down to the wheels. And that's a benefit of having, you know, the BMW's motor set up the way it is. It's got great torque down low. So like this thing launches off the line in EV mode, like nothing yeah. else. And it was awesome until we got to a mountain pass where it was just like, yeah, drop it, drop it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I put it in combustion mode and we got it up to 40, 50 miles an hour and just like four or five, 6,000 RPM just Wah! in the X5. And yeah, just getting all the energy into the Tesla. Yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of scary being that close to the X5 in the Model 3 because Drew kept instinctively wanting to like break because he's like six feet behind another car <laughs> but <laughs> we did it but yeah this is uh yep that's very that's close very beautiful place to uh break down i guess but yeah it's cold so we we ended up towing the full videos on out of spec reviews but we ended up towing him 3.4 miles which generated nine percent it went from zero to nine Pretty good. which is like a 10 to one ratio of range Yep. So I kind of question the 9% because that's 9% indicated by the BMS, which if yeah. you're, you know, charging that much pack voltage is higher. Of course, it's not just reading voltage. I bet it was closer to 7% actual, but either way, three miles of driving for 30 miles of range, roughly. Yeah. And then he yeah. drove and then he drove to Estes and still had, so we only used 5% in the like 15 miles to get to Estes or yeah, actually 20 downhill miles at that point. Yeah. So yeah, it was a success. Uh, it was intriguing, and it worked. So at, at about nine percent, right when we pulled over to unlatch because he didn't need it to be towed anymore, the region did disable itself. It said it was like too hot or something. So we, we're, now we're <laughs> so interesting. Now it's we're curious if we had dialed region back off of a hundred to like 60, 70 something maybe it would have lasted longer. But then how many miles would we have charged? Like I don't know where that how it would do that calculation um but it still worked in a pinch really a, a great situation all around the x5 is a machine i'm really into this x5 you guys know i hate plug-in hybrids fundamentally <laughs> and i'm, I'm and yet there are like, so many good ones unfortunately <laughs> and yet there's so many good ones and like the volvo stuff's the one to get and this is the one to get and now you know i've Unfortunately, I've never really lived with a plug-in hybrid, so we're going to work on this uh, with Audi potentially spending a few months with one. But um, yeah, I think I, the, the use case of a plug-in hybrid for me actually like kind of makes a lot of sense because most of my driving on you know Monday to Friday, or we, we don't really work weekdays or weekends, but the, the normal general time is I go from here to Starbucks, I come back, I plug back in. I go from here <laughs> to lunch, I come back, I plug back in. And so it works and it's maybe not as efficient <laughs> as driving my smart car around the city, but it's still on electric and it's still fine. And my electricity is cheap. So whatever. And then sometimes I take a road trip and it's like, Oh, I got to drive 1500 miles to Los Angeles, like by tomorrow. So it works. 
It is funny, Kyle. So the 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 X5 has a 24 kilowatt hour battery with roughly 16 usable. So yeah, 17 huge, usable. Huge buffer. Um and you get about 30 a little over 30 miles of like city I just driving. tested it. 33.6. Nice. Yeah. It's it's in an urban environment. Yeah. So very usable, but the charging is what is pretty abysmal on that. And it was funny to me how Kyle was every place we went he would plug it in. And I was like, Kyle, we're going to be here 15 minutes. You know, at 3.6 kilowatts, that is just nothing. And he's like, no, just plug it in. <laughs> plug it in everywhere. I'm the guy that I hate. When I roll up to a charger yeah. and I see a yeah. bolt plugged in, I'm like, plug oh, in, this yeah. idiot. <laughs> Meanwhile, here I am in the X5 plugging it in. Yeah, but it worked. I mean, it's still a good car and we were impressed the more we drove it the more we were impressed by it the only thing maybe one of the only things that was a downside was the highway mpg although when i think about the size and weight of the suv it's really not terrible it was like mid 20s um, 26 or mm -hmm. so um, but we also the steering isn't great but that's nothing new with m most modern bmws yeah. not a fan yeah, it's an suv at least it's light like it's not meant to be like the two series steering i think is inexcusable the mm. X5 steering, Ooh. it's not that people aren't really going to, especially on the plug-in hybrid, kind of drive it that yeah. hard. But it's it, still annoying. Like BMW works, should mm -hmm. be the driver's choice. Yeah, it works for most people, but that, that's not who's buying this car. It's not like every single person is going to buy this car. It's it's the steeper price tag, which should give you more things. And it does. The The power plant is great. That inline-six turbo plus the electric power power side of it, I it's so good. It's and so correct. much better than the Volvo plug-in hybrids. I hate to say it because I'm a Volvo guy. BMW <laughs> is just smoking everyone on plug-in hybrids, I think. Well, the Volvo plug-in hybrids we like, but they're a little underpowered in their electric mode, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> and now the, the new issue ones are better, but then like they try and remove options from you, which is the BMW. I can go like, I want this suspension. I can go ESP off in electric mode. I can get yeah. all the button configurations. Yeah. I get all wheel drive in electric mode, which the Volvo stuff you can't do. If you get wheel spin in a Volvo, it instantly turns the engine on. In the X5, mm -hmm. you can do donuts in electric mode in the snow and it doesn't care. That's these right. are fringe cases, but I agree with them strongly. <laughs> these, are, these are the cases that would never play into a review of mine, but play into my buying decision. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah, there's reviewing for the general population and there's reviewing for Kyle. And what would he <laughs> buy and why would he buy it? Um, yeah, but, but yeah. this X5 is, is going to stay in the back of my head for a long time. I wouldn't be surprised if I owned one of these one day um, just, just for a list of the drive and transport dogs around and use as a tow vehicle. It can tow quite a bit. 6,000 pounds, I think, almost. It's like a lot. All right. Um, yeah, that is pretty good. Enough to tell a car. And yeah, it's like, looks good. I think it's the best looking BMW on sale. Really, really into the X545E. M Does yours have the air suspension or the standard yep, suspension? and it just slams on the ground. It's yes. great. Okay, good. Because I had an uh, X5, uh, I guess the 40i, just the yep. that engine with no electric motor. I mean, mild hybrid. So like it would... Yep coast with the engine off and some kind of cool things uh and it had the coils and i just thought the ride was awful it was it didn't ride well and it was all jiggly and kind of did this like top shimmy over bumps oh, and i was really like, impressed not not with this suspension oh air so you got to go air that's what it sounds like go air. this air and was incredible Jordan even took it off-roading like i did explain <laughs> what happened it was the same day that the guy crashed the tacoma everything's happening on this day yeah, so I, I took the X5 to meet Kyle, Timon, and Drew. And, you know, it's on these big 21-inch wheels with summer tires. 315-millimeter wide summer tires. Yep. And yes. I pull up to this trail, and there's all these off-road vehicles, but I didn't see the GX. So I was like, oh, they must have gone up the trail a ways. I've never been here before. So I went the, the pin Timon sent me actually was a little bit, a few miles up the trail maybe, or at least a mile or two. So I was like, oh, I'll just go meet them up there. So I go driving by in this very clean mint X5 that looks completely out of place. And all yeah, these New Jersey license plates. All, all, these, <laughs> all these rigs are just looking at me. And then one guy's laughing and I just go down the trail and it was so comfortable. I'm so glad I didn't pop a tire because there's a lot of crazy rocks and stuff. But I was very careful with the lines. I was like, this is let's see how this goes. 
and I put it in the maximum lift mode. So I had ample ground clearance places where I genuinely thought I was going to scrape. Didn't the breakover angle was always better than I expected. Um, mm. It, and it looks so good. Like even in places where it shouldn't be um, like the proportions, the gr- this is peak kidney grill in my opinion. Like this is, <laughs> I just love it how it looks and it's a nice deep gray color. Um, I, yeah, I, I like it more than I expected. And I don't know if I'd own one, but you know, I see why people do. I get it. <laughs> it's the perfect yeah. car for your wife who has to drive kids to school that you can then borrow and have fun with. Yep. <laughs> so speaking of cars, you're not sure if you want to own or not. So you guys also just had the BMW M240, the new one, right? The redesign. The brand new one. White yep. one. Oh, yeah. So I am not sure about the design of this car. Um, the front end, I actually don't mind, but I think the taillights bother me a lot. Totally they look upside <laughs> down. They're upside down. They're upside down. And I know down. the interior will be nice, but yeah, see, ah, and they're kind of like, as I've seen some angles, they look like they're sticking out like 3D effect. Yeah, like, I don't look, know. They just look. Weird. They look are at, sticking out. Look at the left tail light right here. Okay, yeah, there you go. <laughs> How far it is actually sticking out? Yeah. It's crazy. I feel like, like most angles of this car make me think I'm looking at some sort of like, look at the future model, whatever that someone rendered on a computer. It's not connected to the actual brand in any way. Civic. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> some guy on Instagram designed what he thinks the new one looks like, and it's like this is what it looks like. It just looks like a weird rendering of a car. Because some of the proportioning seems wrong. Like the hood, actually, I can't believe I'm saying this, but the hood looks kind of long and the wheelbase looks kind of long for what it is. Yeah. You know, it, it's almost got like not enough front. I don't know. I'm, it's hard I'm so confused looking it, at it. It's hard because it, it, I genuinely think as a whole, it looks good. But when I look at individual pieces of it, I'm not as much of a fan anymore. <laughs> so the I know tri- the last gen two series was it actually looked good and it was probably the best handling car BMW's made in a long time. Now you both have driven this one. Does it still handle really well or is it just bad all the way around? <laughs> Kyle drove it most of yesterday morning. So I'll let him answer that. Well, yeah. So we, we woke up yesterday morning and went for a Sunday morning. Well, this podcast doesn't come. We record a couple days earlier. We went for a Sunday morning cruise in this car up in the canyons, my normal loop. And it was a mix of just full on sliding it around, just off the limb rev limiter, really driving it. You know how a BMW should be driven. And yeah, then like, um, like the seven tenths, like I think like typical guy going for a cruise in his sporty car. Um, type driving and it was great at the the seven tenths that three thousand to five thousand rpm rev band that meaty torque curve where it just sounds awesome the inline fix makes this special little growl mm-hmm. around there it it gave all the right sensations you would want from a fun car uh styling look it's not a huge thing for me i think the last one looked way better all around but i oh, think yeah. it's still a great looking car the back end front looks great to me the back end yeah still still not not sold on those taillights um interior wise great no issues the, it's um yeah you can slide around ours was an x drive m240 which i believe is the only configuration you can get at launch the four cylinder yep. will be rear wheel drive then they'll have x drive and rear wheel for both later bmw does this for every model and um, I got to say, like, it, it, from an enthusiast driving perspective, the car is still pretty good. It's it's you can hammer up roads way too fast. You can throttle steer it. So you're coming out of corners with opposite lock. And the X drive does try to shuffle power to the front, but you can still hang the tail out like we were getting in on gravel. Like, and it was like really good. It's got a, got a great rev limiter. It's the first BMW that doesn't just fall into a rev limiter. It goes bop, 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 bop. Is pretty oh, cool. that's exciting. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no pop pops out the exhaust, but the M440i with the same engine was crackling and popping like a war zone. <laughs> so what's up with that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so that's quite odd. Um, and the M440i was was the mild hybrid drivetrain. This wasn't. So I wonder if the mild hybrids get the pop pops because they're offset by the mild hybrid stuff. And the non, <laughs> Maybe. 
doesn't. Those I, grams of kilom- yeah. uh, grams of CO two per kilometer we saved. Yeah, taken care that, of with the pot. That's a euro thing, though. So I think it it yeah. probably has to come down to some emissions related reasoning. Must it um, must. Yeah, but you can tune this thing whatever you want. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. like the transmission didn't shift as hard. It doesn't fart shift on the upshifts. Like it wasn't as aggressive as a drivetrain as the M440i, but I think it makes the same exact horsepower, whatever. Uh, driving it hard was like 10 tenths. It, that's where I was like, oh, kind of like steering's really numb. And I was like, it's good. Uh, but then like cruising at seven tenths, like we took it up another road that's a little bit more flowy, higher speed. And we're just like talking in the car, driving, you know, um, still pretty quick, but that's where it shined was like, wow, if you just want to cover distance quickly on a twisty road, you know, sort of open the sunroof, listen to the exhaust on the the rock faces, the canyons, really enjoyable at that, had to say. Uh, and then daily driving, like I picked up this car at the airport at like one o'clock in the morning when I landed and had to just slog it up to Fort Collins, you know, an hour and a bit up here, just sat on the highway, sound system to max, sounded pretty good. Um <laughs> Adaptive cruise control is great. No lane centering, which I thought was a little bit disappointing. Um, you know, give me all the good driver assistance. No reason not to. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised that they would omit that. that you yeah, know, it pushes you back in if you hit a lane. Better. Like, just just stay in the middle of the lane for me. Like, yeah. every other BMW <laughs> does. Why isn't this one? So, could <laughs> be an weird. optional extra, but this one doesn't have it. I haven't built one out, but I was like, yeah, but like, every other BMW gets all the driver assistance stuff. Um, overall, very positive impression. Uh, if I was buying one, I would buy the last generation, though. And M2CS. <laughs> no, I don't like it, it because then you get the S55 motor, which doesn't sound as good as the B58 or the N55. So I would get, I'd still take the CS. There is the a one, there's a sweet spot in the M2, which is the first year of the LCI still had the N55 engine before they put the M3 engine in it. And that's the that's the sweet spot. Manual so rear wheel drive, uh, a N55 engine, and manual um, sounds great. Sounds way better than the S. Like remember my M3? I hated the way it sounded. Yeah, it was amazing. It's, it's terrible actually. And then the Even the non M motors sound great. Yep. Yeah, the regular yeah. 340s always sounded so much better. <laughs> yep. It was crazy. It's the same situation. So that's that's the sweet spot two series, I think. Yeah, I mean, we decided... so would you buy the M440 or the M240? I don't think I'd buy either of them. Well, if you had to choose, I don't think you personally. I don't think you really gain much with the two series that you don't get with the four series. The thing that the two series did, though, which is its point, is it kind of makes you drive like an idiot. You're like, oh, I can fit there. Oh, because it's tiny. Yeah, yeah, it's small Mm -hmm. and nimble, and you could chuck it around. And like, I'm like driving around the city, and I'm like. Oh, I'm going to turn right into Starbucks. Wide open throttle, big angle. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot more fun. That yeah, was... it made me drive a little bit more like a teenager than the 440i did. Yeah, the X-Drive is pretty confidence-inspiring. Like we, we decided it is like a pretty good one-car solution for, I don't know, a young professional like who can't even drive at 10 tenths. Like maybe the 7 tenths is like the max they do. And they have one car. They want an all-wheel drive. They want something sporty a two-door coupe but having the back seats which i did ride around the back seat for about two hours and i was totally fine um although five i was like five foot ten or five foot nine i would have been perfect i was just like hitting the roof a little bit um but it was i would fit yeah (laughs) but yeah great great one car solution yeah for for a lot of people Um, single guy or a couple with no kids no dogs or anything like that is into cars just you know got a professional job whatever out of college or something you lease one of these for 5.99 a month or whatever they go out for not a bad move yeah so the ultimate leasing machine bmw (laughs) yeah so um something else i wanted to bring up kind of on the tail end of our um our tow charging experience is something else that could have been a solution maybe in the future um, for just this week has announced the vehicle to vehicle charging for F-150 lightning. And also the F-150 uh, is it power boost. That was it called the hybrid yep, one, the power boost hybrid. So the ones with full pro power on board and um, yeah. I, so this could have been another option if we happen to have an F-150 or someone did. And technically this would be 
I guess, safer. You, you can't always find yourself in an environment where tow charging is feasible, like a busy highway. I or... think it's illegal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. going to say. <laughs> Out in the boonies? Sure. But this is a great alternative, and I love it. I mean, it's almost like bringing a charge point to you um, just in the form of a lightning, which looks awesome. Can I ask a question about this? Yeah. This is no different than when we had the F-150 power boost and plugged in an electric car to it. That is what I was intrigued by. This this press release was interesting because it's not really. Wait, anything... is this live now? By the way, no, no. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> because it's still pre-embargo at the time of recording. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Don't worry. We're good. Okay. So yeah, that's what's funny is like they. Yeah, we need to fix this kilowatt hours thing already. I see. This, this is already. Uh, and, yes, ooh, yeah. it carries a yep. 7.2 kilowatt hour power <laughs> yeah right. we'll spell check this one um so yeah the the lightning I though, to run a double check which is funny because ford like when i went to the launch and everything they were like yeah you can do all these things and they even mentioned like kind of in passing that yo yeah you could probably charge a car but they never like officially said it and now they're officially saying what we already knew which well, is what funny. i think what they're saying now is that they're they're ish is now loaded or rated for constant load at max power mm-hmm. and they have their own um what do you call it the ford yeah, so that little thing. adapter is literally <laughs> just you know a, a 1430 you know yeah r to 1450 yeah yeah or it's, whatever they use i think they use a 1030 uh connection it's a 1030 yeah 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 but i don't know it's it's Still pretty cool. Um, actually, you know, way before this, TFL charged a zero in the back of F one fifty power boost. They also and... charged a, an i three from it too. Yeah. And then we got that truck after them, and the charger was fried. <laughs> <laughs> yep, wasn't rated yet. Well, but... I, yeah. So, so that's the thing. Like we, you know, had that truck a few weeks after them. I don't think it was them that did it, but like everyone was plugging stuff into that truck. When we yeah. got it, the two forty volt connection was broken and it didn't work at all. Yeah, so hopefully that's worked out now. But it, it is yeah. interesting with the the press release they they talk about the miles of range per hour you can charge all the Ford electric vehicles. So now is, we can decipher efficiency. Yeah. Right <laughs> so so it'll charge a Mach-E rear wheel drive extended range twenty miles per hour, or an F one fifty Lightning thirteen or twelve miles per hour. It was thirteen. Then, 13 and then the the e-transit is 10 miles yeah 13 and the e-transit would be 10 miles per hour uh which is so the e-transit's way less efficient than the f-150 interesting way less efficient than the mach-e i didn't think about that in my head but now it makes sense because the transit's really tall yeah yeah, it is kind of perky. The Transit. real question I think that we all want to know though is can you charge an F-150 the F-150 Lightning off of itself? You won't gain any juice, <laughs> but I want to try it so bad. So, uh, ben, I think we have to try that. Yeah, because yeah, I, I, I imagine that if you are charging that car, if you're charging your F-150 Lightning, it's not going to disable your power boost, you know, po- pro power on board, is it? No, how, well, that wouldn't make it. It would be annoying. That'd be annoying. Like from DC fast charging, I can't then like power my RV or whatever. That's I don't like that. So, so basically, then we can look at the efficiency of their charging and discharging systems, and then calculate <laughs> yes. that off of a charging <laughs> session. This is we brilliant. just evaporated electricity for zero benefit. Look how much I put a little wear and tear on the electronics. Yeah. We're going to have uh, yeah, people saying that We're we just invented perpep- perpetual motion. But um, even more interestingly than this is Lucid can do this even faster because they can do 19.2 kilowatt out car to car with their new <laughs> special cable. I don't know if it's fully released yet, but Lucid didn't tell me this. I heard it from a friend. So I'm going to say, uh, yeah, 19.2 kilowatt. So 80 amp, 240 volt car to car. Good to go. Pretty good. Really These would be great uh, AAA roadside assistance vehicles, either the lightning or power boost. Hybrid. Yep. I think power boost makes the most sense for that. Yeah, for them if yeah. they're just driving nonstop. Yeah, I'm not convinced and, electric pickup trucks are going to work in practice. I really think plug-in hybrid and battery electric, uh, sorry, plug-in hybrid and and just regular series, you know, strong hybrids will will be the best for, uh, you know, sort of trucks. I, in I, think, I think everyone's missing the mark with range extended 
pickup trucks. Why is that not a thing? It makes so much sense. Right Give me 50 way. kilowatt hours and throw whatever stupid V6 that no one really cares about in the front to be a generator and just do an I3 move. Yep. Except don't move. have it come on at 6%. Have it come on at like a configurable amount based off of load. So that Actually, doesn't like though, die up a hill. I don't know how that would work though, Ben, because the reason the I3 had to come out at 6% in our market was because the electric range could not, sorry, the combustion range could not exceed could not the be longer. range and it had to only kick on when dead in order to classify as an EV and therefore to get the tax credits. But now plug-in hybrids. But tax, tax credits are getting messed up anyway. So, and plug-in hybrids get it. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. It sounds like that bill's not going through so easily. So it's, it sounds like no. we're sticking with our current tax strategy, yeah. which I believe is based off of battery pack size now. Therefore, that would be considered mm-hmm. a plug-in hybrid and still qualify for the 7500 yeah. in Section 179 because it's a truck. I think it yeah, makes so much sense. Business, yeah. Yep, that's, that's a great idea. This could be good business trucks, to be honest. Yeah, I'm excited to see them in the wild. I mean, we should, in theory, start seeing Lightning's Q2, I think they said, of 2022. We have a whole bunch of test mules running around here in Colorado. Yeah. So I think it's one of those things where we're just going to start seeing a lot of them because they seem to be pretty popular. But they did just cut their orders, um, their pre-orders at like, what, 200,000 or something like that? Just because they said there's so many, we can't even (laughs) make enough. Yeah, for the foreseeable future. I don't think pre-orders work for legacy automakers. Hyundai Ionic 5, great example. People are 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 like, I'm going to reserve one of those because I want them and then wait two years. I, that's dumb. What you got to do is call every Hyundai dealer and say, hey, you got any of these coming in? And the answer is they do. My dad's local dealer has four coming in and they're selling them at sticker and I think oh, we dad. got all four sold to friends of ours. So... <laughs> <laughs> I imagine um, your dad was getting one. I was waiting to yeah. hear about that. Yeah, yeah, he is. Um, and so, yeah, he just he's going to do matte gray with the white and green interior. It'll be pretty cool. Is Ooh, he doing the limited nice. with the roof? No limited's available, only Ooh. SELs. Yeah. I haven't really four. seen even the Tesla reservations work out beneficial because like Model 3, it meant you got like a couple of the early ones and then all of a sudden you could just get one like yeah, overnight. Like, oh, you're at the dealer and you can take delivery today? Yeah, go get that one. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But not now. But don't worry, your Cybertruck reservation is important. Yeah, that's right. You're a Cybertruck owner. Mm-hmm. Owner, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I yeah. own I'm a pre car. I'm a pre-owner. Um yeah. pre-owner. <laughs> they had they're so selling many... it to me for 39 grand like they promised. Oh yeah. Uh that's and so... they will honor my FSD pricing, even though I put in a reservation <laughs> and not an order. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys see the the other Cybertruck mules rolling around with the actual physical mirrors on the side? And the big the wiper, wiper. I'm actually oh, yeah. a fan of. I think yeah. it's cool. I'm about like the wiper. It's just interesting. It's from an engineering standpoint, I like it. <laughs> Wait, weren't they supposed to have laser beams? Yes. Well, well, yeah. The bed looks a lot, have a lot of things. Too, so good luck, Cyberlander. Yeah. Let's not, let's not go there again. My least favorite thing in a car is to clean a windshield, and that looks like the most obnoxious windshield to clean. Ooh, I hate cleaning windshields. The Model yeah. X was not great, but it was doable still. But that but then, dash, I think it's going to go so far, you're going to have to be like laying on the dashboard to get to the bottom of it. It'll be like the Honda Odyssey cleaning. Uh, yeah. <laughs> ben, you mentioned just in the, the our little private chat over here that there's like a big Tesla update or something. Do you know much about it? Can you share? Because I have not researched it. Yes, we have the Tesla holiday update dropping right now. I'm just going to kind of read the uh, release notes. We have Light Show, a new toy box feature. This is, uh, by the Jordan, way, on a Model 3. Yep. Yeah, this is on a Model 3. So now they've got presumably the same Christmas Light Show. Um, that's the hope. Uh, and you can do it any time of year, as per the previous one. App launcher, adjustable, like your apps at the bottom, what, what goes where. Um, it looks like the interface is somewhat changing to be more in line with the new Model S, or somewhat like the new Model mm. S. Um, new controls for wipers, charging, and, and like uh, settings among that. Blind spot camera, when you put your blinker on, that's a big one, I think. Oh, part like of this a is that. 
Yeah, like a Honda from 2006. Yeah. And TikTok. 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 Most importantly, oh, I was trying to save the best for last there. Everyone's gonna crash. I know. I need to go, <laughs> go get my best back. <laughs> Um, you can now precondition the car with it on a low state of charge. You couldn't do before. It was very annoying, especially if you're a big traveler. You know, oh, it's below 20%. You can't hit climb oh, on your phone now. What's the new limit now? Uh, it just gives you an option to override. So That's amazing. That's perfect for dog mode. You can never do dog mode. Yeah. So many times I've needed that. It says it will remain unavailable for extreme low charge scenarios. Automatic seat heating based off temperature as well. That's kind of cool. Dark mode. I feel like we had that with the day-night toggle, but I don't know. Oh, you got dark mode now, too. To hedgehog. Look at that. Yeah, it said TikTok is available in park, so I guess they solved that. <laughs> oh, there's the uh, yeah cold weather improvement. It'd be funny if they could let you record a tick, like access sentry footage for recording your own TikToks. They'd be really boring, but yeah. <laughs> There's another weird uh, Tesla bit of Tesla news, which is that they're apparently now selling some 2021 cars with old batteries that they just. I don't think they on. are. I don't think. But they did are. you see that was screenshots of the uh, yeah. the order site? Yeah, but it's only for used ones, and I think it's just Model Threes were built from 2017 onwards. Therefore, the battery pack might be as old from 2017. I think it was their mistake in wording that on all of the cars. That would be my hope. I would be so. I don't think they're putting old battery packs on these things. Do you think they're just now including a degradation disclaimer for all demo or premium like, vehicles? I think they're demo cars in this case. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I think they're just all. Yeah, twelve twelve percent. It says tw- it's not even twelve de- percent degradation. It says twelve percent from current vehicles, and they've had range improvements and larger battery packs now. I think it's just to cover their butts because they had too many Karens buying the cars. I might be wrong, but I'm giving Tesla the benefit of the doubt on this one. Well, well, the uh, screenshot I'm looking at has a, let's see here, 2021 Model 3 is the thing. Yeah. but then it says, it's, 550 it's, miles on it as an odometer. Car. Yeah. Yeah. And it says in our used inventory, Model 3s might have a battery pack as old of 2017, and it might have up to 12% range loss compared with what's coming off the line today which is very possible considering any used Model 3 could be as old as a late 2017 car. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I think they worded that to cover themselves yeah, in, as a whole, enough. not necessarily saying Can that. But I agree up, with Jordan? Kyle, they worded it poorly. Um, yeah. I don't know if Jordan knows it, what it, the link it, is. Since it's like a at. 21 demo model, that's why I think it's weird because they're kind of giving a specific thing. I, I bet it's that's not the same well thing done. on any used Model 3 in inventory. That's it might be thinking. now. Yeah. I, I, don't, I can't imagine they're putting old battery packs in them. Let's I mean, be realistic. We've both seen packs. some shocking things done. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we've seen reman packs go into Model S all the time, and they have loner yeah. packs. Uh, and those could be varying in age, of course. But mm-hmm. I think this is just for them to cover their butts on the on the used side. So it does say brand new 2021 Model 3. I think this, so, yeah. But but both of those cars have miles. They're both used in some way. Yeah. yeah. Demo vehicle. Yeah. I think that's just any used car or any car with miles. What I find interesting is they say maybe up to 12% lower due to battery age. Like that number 12 is kind of odd. You know, rather than your mileage may vary, kind of. Simply I think that's put. why they looked at the fleet average and said, "Oh, twelve percent is the worst average. Anything worse than that, we'll just sell to auction." Hmm. Yeah, that's a little strange. I, I'm I'm not a Tesla defending guy here. You guys <laughs> know this, but I really think that this is just all blown out of proportion and i do know that someone uh who who's very close with tesla confirmed to me that it is just on used cars and it is just a disclaimer uh the question is it's still possible that a used car got a remanufactured pack from 2018 long range whatever it is um and it might happen on one-off cases but who cares like as Mm. long as the battery pack's good who cares where it came from yeah no i'd agree with that part i think they needed to have presented it in a better way then you know that's the problem with tesla because well, they'll present the something and then there's 
Well, the the way it reads, and you can see it by the articles that have been written about it, is that, oh, they have leftover batteries that they're putting, or older batteries that are going into these cars, potentially. That's the way people are connecting the dots. And, uh, I but think I some think they should have had is and then rolled with it. That's <laughs> what happened. Yeah, well, that's 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 the current media people reading market, into it because it's Tesla. <laughs> so, I mean, people are going to read into it more so than most other manufacturers do. That's why I think they gave too much info. Almost they should have to the age and driving range varies. The PR department. There we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if we just had someone's number to call. Yeah. They still have PR folks there. I don't know why people they say do. there are there are marketing and PR folks. Well, it's because it's themselves. I say we don't have a marketing team. Yeah, but they, uh, but they, they, they call true. them something different. They're like community yeah. outreach or something like this. It was like <laughs> I I used to work at an Apple service provider and it was like a weird small business thing. And my boss, someone would call to ask for my boss to complain about something, and then he would answer the phone and say the boss is not there. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I pictured. Tesla PR doing to certain people. Yep. <laughs> no, we don't have a PR team. Hang <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, they do. And and honestly, I think Tesla's taking the right approach with all this. To be totally honest, I think they're they've got it figured out. Wow. They sell a ton of cars for a reason. Yep. They don't need a PR. I mean, like, nope. honestly, same thing with tax incentives. Look, maybe I'm in the, the wrong. Tesla's proved you don't need tax yeah. benefits to sell electric cars or infrastructure and be profitable screw the whole thing for everyone else if you can't make a competitive product good luck to you so is anyone and else... you can keep raising the price <laughs> yeah besides tesla is anyone else run out of their tax credits gm um, gm uh, yeah yeah how many is that or is 200, it a... Oh, yeah and so... then it ramps down over a 12 month period mm -hmm. of time mm -hmm. so leaf still hasn't hit that correct no <laughs> but they're close <laughs> Yeah, they've got to be close. Yeah, they're they've got to be close. And the Aria will definitely pass that. Well, oh yeah, you want to be well, maybe I don't know. They're like <laughs> what are they like sixty grand? Yeah, they're I think priced so. so poorly when compared to Ionic Five and ID Four. I'm so curious to drive an Aria because it it would have to be really good in something. Otherwise, yeah, I don't think it will be. No reason. Well, the new I mean, Nissan products are so. getting really good. You know, the new whatever looks good well, in the, the Frontier and the Pathfinder and the Rogue. You can yeah. something here. Um, I can finally tell you about a car that I don't want to forget about talking about, which is the Mercedes AMG EQS 53. And it has to yes. be in that order. Okay. That, how was okay. the so long title? That. <laughs> yeah, how was the that? Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was not ruined, okay. which was the biggest thing. I was like, yeah. AMG is going to ruin this car. And it's just going to be <laughs> stiff. And, and they changed everything. This car has completely new bushings, completely new rear subframe, rear carriers, control arms, motor tuning and calibration, and even extra copper for more windings. They literally test every, um, every fuse that goes into this car and put the best ones in there. And then they have a totally different battery internal wiring that have larger and thicker bus bars to handle more current. They use the same wow. cooling system, but replaced all the pumps at higher rates of speed. They have uh, higher temperature limitations so that you can run harder for longer. And they say it'll do laps of the Nurburgring before it overheats. You can get a, a carbon ceramic brake option on the car. They went insane. <laughs> um, and then you can get 22-inch wheels on this thing. 21 is yes. standard. 22s <laughs> is the big one. Looks great on the 22s. Uh, and you do lose a degree of rear steering on the AMG. So it goes from 10 to nine because the wheels are too big. Yeah. So, well, this sounds like a really here. major improvement. Uh, and it's, it's going to be well noticed by the people. It's who a lot of little things. And yeah, I think they'll really notice this uh, at the drag light or like stoplight to stoplight drag race they do in Naples, Florida, and no other track you said it will ever see. <laughs> yeah, so it's, not, be. <laughs> it's not intended as the track car. So I had dinner with the, uh, not only the head of AMG globally, but also the EQS AMG product manager. Um, we were nerding out about regen through ABS and ESP caliber, all the weird stuff, you know, that has a terrible brake pedal, really bad brake pedal feel. <laughs> um, and that's really the only thing I can point at, you know, objectively and say that's bad. And it's not much better on the AMG, even though they have a different eye booster that runs at higher pressures and things like this. Uh, by the way, 300 kilowatt regen in that car. Ooh, which is higher ooh. than anyone on a 400 volt system. And it can do regen through ABS. Very impressive. Yeah. Really oh, wow. impressive. 
So, uh, Kyle, but, you've but, driven both, right? I've driven all three, EQS's. yeah. Uh, does the AMG 53 EQS, I know that's a little backwards, does it make, is it dramatically different in the standard one? Zero difference. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was afraid you were going to say. <laughs> there is no difference at all. And so it's like the, ever I like the difference. EQS. So yeah, it's like, and I would have one, to be honest. So I was curious, like, is it worth spending the extra money for the AMG? But it doesn't sound like it is. You get a <laughs> base one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it so has plenty of features anyway. It's like the S-Class we had with the AMG line package, which gave you <laughs> the same crappy floor mats, but with the AMG badge on the floor well, mats. Well, it's more than that. <laughs> you can still do that AMG line in the 580 <laughs> and the 450. But, like, um, it's, a, it's a real, like, AMG reworked carbon ceramic brakes. Like, they went out of their way. It's tuned up a bit. when you There's a, you know, a Sport Plus mode that really firms things up. It's got the most amazing launch control system. I mean, amazing in a terrible way, where it literally <laughs> sounds like Star Wars, and it pulses the motor. So you go left foot hard on the brake, floor it with the right, race start comes up. Um, your seatbelt yanks back on you. It <laughs> pulses the motors like this. So you're sitting there going, boom, boom. And I'm like, oh my God, why is it broken? And then <laughs> you hear this like, I don't know, spaceship noise in the cabin. And then as you lift off the brake pedal, there's two different sound modes. But in one of them, it literally is the exact same sound as a lightsaber hit. So I can only <laughs> imagine in the German meetings, yes, we must make the EQS sound totally special when we launch. And it will have the Star Wars noise when you take your foot off the brake pedal and so they are they must just be losing their minds over this they must love it but it's so dumb <laughs> i want like cars to allow you to upload i mean tesla's close to that but to upload your own launch control sound mm -hmm. i would love that i would do some weird stuff oh, i hate everything about that let me hear about yeah no, you know what the I'm best not. launch control sound is in an electric cars the plaid that thing sounds healthy when you get on the throttle, it's amazing. It's yep. just a little high pitched motor noise and all the G force. All it's the G force, setup. inverter wind, motor noise, tires grappling at the pavement. Um, it's so good. And then you get in the EQS, and it's like, like someone tried to explain to Germans what fun would be, and they think this is like the craziest thing ever. <laughs> we did a corporate trip to Disneyland. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Space Mountain. Yep. And uh, gosh, I, they make such a big deal of this sound. And it's not really the U.S. team, it's the global team. So they have like big signs at the press presentation that's like, sounds like an AMG. I'm like, I don't think that's a good thing. <laughs> like make yeah. it sound the way it should sound, which is like nothing. Some electric motor wide. But yeah, moral of the story is the 53, not worth it, uh, in my opinion. Here's the good news, though. If you do walk into the dealer and you're like, I don't know our friend Joseph McCabe, and you're like, I want the best one. You're not going to give up on the daily driving stuff. It's still mm -hmm. going to drive nice and comfortably. It does everything the regular EQS can. You've just given Mercedes more money for it. Yeah. I appreciate how nerdy the changes are that they did to it. Like, it's pretty impressive. Not a lot of manufacturers would do that. Um, totally agree. They did go out of their way to try. and. It's not like the Tesla Model S dual motor to Plaid. This is like a yeah. rework. Yeah. It sounds like pretty intense. I mean, it's they put a lot of effort into making it different in a lot of yeah, little ways. Different seats, different interior. Like there's other stuff. Um, I have a, a whole you know twenty page document going through all of the changes. I mean, there's tons. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of cool. they they gave you that because they needed to justify that they changed things because the end result felt a little too similar. <laughs> I don't know if like many journalists it's like showing been, your work. I, I, I have to read some other reviews because I'm curious what others think about it. But talking to some journalists after the drive, some were like, yeah, that was just the same car as before. And <laughs> others were like, it's so fast. It's the crazy. And I'm like, it's not that fast. It's really not. <laughs> it's quick enough. What What is the uh, Mercedes EQS 53 AMGs? Did I get it right? Yeah, I don't know. No. <laughs> is there uh, yeah, three, three, two, three, three, something like that. That's three, four. That feels fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Model it, three performance fast. Yeah, it feels like my model three performance, and like at high speed, it still pulls. Um, but like, it's an EQS. Why are you ripping it around? 
Yeah, mm. well, that's my thing. I, if I get an EQS, it's because I just want to go down the road in silence and comfort and not have the world bother me. Like, yeah, that's like all if I you want to go fast, car. buy a Tycon or an Etron GT. Don't buy this. Yeah. Or if you want to go comfortably and still have plenty of power, just buy an EQS 450 or 580. Yep, that's what I would mm. do. Rear wheel drive, 450. Can you slide the rear like wheel drive one? Or no? Yes. But it's cool. ESP isn't fully off. Oh, it's so it's AMG. normal Mercedes. Yeah, yep. in AMG though, it's full off. Oh, oh well, that's a good reason to purchase it. That's the reason <laughs> oh, I bought my Model go. Three was for track mode. So it's the same kind of logic to me. Yeah. And uh, it it's pretty snappy. Hmm. Makes it exciting. Yeah, the Tycon's a little snappy anyway. So I'm Tycon's pretty. Already snappy. giving my practice in. <laughs> you got to be quick with your wheel and throttle movements in these cars. That's just because there's no big heavy mass of inertia that you're sliding around. It's like very mid-engine like where you have to yeah. be right on the edge the whole time. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, I want to drive one for sure. Well, I'm going to take a nap in one. I don't have the urge to drive one. I just want to take a nap in one and wake you up 800 miles further down the road. Do they really? Yeah. What's yeah. it do? It's called energizing comfort and the nap function that plays noise canceling and music and closes the shades and puts the seat heater on with a nice massage. Uh, and you just go, uh, the X5 can do that too. I yeah, think. the X5 had that sort of a thing. Where it like yeah, but it play. didn't have the nap specific, but all BMWs have energizing comfort. Yeah. Yeah. It's very weird. It's a little over the top. It. The X5 in this one has a new energizing comfort profile that I've never seen before because I don't really drive a lot of the high end BMWs often. It's called executive mode. Well, we and had that it, one too, I think. Yeah. And it plays very trendy executive -y it, music. Uh, <laughs> I think it was showing like buildings, like skyscraper yes, buildings on the screen, if I remember correctly. Because <laughs> that's an executive thing to be in the city. Yep. <laughs> I guess it's better. It's more interesting than the background of a Zoom meeting or something, which is probably the new setting for that. Yeah, I don't know. I think Germany's still a bit old school when it comes to that world. Yep. <laughs> anyway. Well, yeah. Thanks for everyone for joining us. Um, yeah. Check out everything we're up to at. Uh, out of spec on Twitter, and you'll find me at Jordan underscore Schiefer. Kyle is at it's Kyle Connor. Ben is Benji underscore OOS, and Mike is M underscore Breeling. So thanks so much for joining us. And if you have Christmas in your part of the world, Merry Christmas, and we'll see you all very soon. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.